Welcome to this series preview media availability edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. Today is Thursday, April 27th, 2023. The 31 and 11 Indiana Hoosiers hold a one game lead on the Maryland Terrapins in the Big Ten Conference standings. These teams will play a three game series this weekend, starting at Friday at 6 p.m. at Bart Kaufman Field in Bloomington. Yesterday, the media met with head coach Jeff Mercer to discuss the upcoming series. Coach, we spoke to you a lot about Matthew Ellis' recovery process. Where's he at? Um, I, I don't think he'll be back anytime soon, to be honest with you. So, uh, so kind of going through it, but I, I don't see him back in the foreseeable future, unfortunately. And have you set the uh, starting rotation for this weekend? Have not yet. Have not yet. So I, I um, we've talked about a couple different options, but we but we haven't yet. So we'll have Sonora on Saturday, but what we do on Friday or Sunday is not solidified yet. I guess with Matthew then, do you, or with Matthew being out then, do you still expect to get Riley in there a little bit to give Peter a break? Uh, when when possible, when we can. Um, and and Light does a fine job. It's just like we kind of talked about the last few days. You know, when when every game is important, <clears throat> and so you're trying to put your best nine guys out there, and 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 we have a midweek off next week, mm-hmm. and so last week was a, obviously a tough one, but we have you know. One midweek this week, off next week, and so we should be able to give him a little bit of a breather. And as long as his body's feeling okay, we'll, we'll kind of continue to to, to 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 run him out there as much as we can. Just the implications of this series now, you know, the importance of it. Yeah, I mean, it's every every Big Ten series is a, is a big deal. Obviously, <coughs> Maryland's really talented team. They, they they won the league by 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 a good amount last year, and, and uh, you know, Rob's a great coach. It, it just anytime you have a chance to play against a good team, it, it's good it's good baseball, and so. Like I'll tell the guys, I mean, the, the games this weekend that count is the same as the games next weekend, the same as the games last weekend. They're all warm, and so I think you know, you can get excited, and those things are all good. Sometimes you can get too excited and try to do too much, and I don't worry about them being pumped up. I don't worry about them being ready to play. Sometimes you're trying to make sure guys are ready to play and that they're fired up. I don't worry about that. Sometimes you just can't put the cart before the horse, and, and it sounds super cliche until you're in the dugout and everyone's all pumped up and you're doing silly stuff. It's you just kind of got to go play. So it, it is. It's important. I would lie if I said it wasn't going to be emotional, and I'm sure it'll be good crowds and it'll be exciting. But but you just you just got to go play and kind of do the same things you always do. Tyler Cerny, Big Ten Freshman of the Week. What's impressed you about him this season as, as a person and as a player? Well, you know, really that that Illinois weekend, he and I kind of had a conversation and. He was kind of going through his his freshman spell a little bit, where it's a hard game, and he's he plays with great emotion, and sometimes our emotions can overwhelm us. And I felt like he was kind of allowing his emotions to dictate the way in which he played, and we had a good conversation. It's just I want the guy that's the, the, the same tough kid that I recruited as a freshman at Center Grove, and who who allows his emotions to drive him to be successful, but then overwhelm him, and and um, and he really has done that. He's he's just done a great job of allowing his competitive nature to drive him to success, not drive him crazy. Uh, he's, he's obviously talented, he's long and athletic, a great defender, a really good runner, has good instincts on the bases. He's actually hit for more power than I really ever thought that he would. Um, but I guess with his length, it, it doesn't shock me completely, but I didn't see it coming necessarily in his career. Um, he's just a, just a really, really good player. He needs to have longer at-bats, he needs to have better at-bats sometimes. He, He's like on or out. It's like a firecracker on or out in like one pitch. And sometimes we just got to kind of settle in. Certainly when we're seeing a new pitcher or you know, first pitch of the inning, sometimes it's kind of kind of a dynamo. But overall, he's done an awesome job of, of playing great defense. He's had good at bats for the most part. He's been a good RBI guy. 
um, we kind of had our one moment there where we have to kind of get locked back in, and, and he, he only responded with being the player of the week. So I guess <laughs> I guess he did a pretty good job of handling that that conversation. And that's a great thing about a, a kid like him who, who is young and was highly recruited and very talented is his ability to be coachable. You don't always get the, the combination of all those things. You don't get a kid that's talented and touted and all those things and then is also coachable. So I guess combination of all those things makes a, makes a pretty good player. Jeff, I know some of these guys have probably asked this. I haven't had a chance to, but your in-conference ERA is four runs better than it was a year ago. And I know you have some new personnel, yeah. and you've had to fight through some adversity as well. What's yeah. been the collective uh, common theme that these pitchers have have been able to embrace to get better, and, and what role has Coach Glant played in that as well? Yeah, I think it's it's multifaceted. One, recruiting recruiting fixes a lot of things, right? So you, you bring in the, the 22 classes, really talented on the mound. Um, just from a freshman class, but also we were able to utilize the portal to our advantage. Um, I think the ability to have a full season last year was critically important in the role of experience and development. You just, you can't practice your way into playing in front of 5,000 people. You can't practice your way into real world experience. You you have to play midweek games and you have to go and play and travel and experience in front of crowds. You have to do those things. So. I think those experiences last year really kind of helped to shape the identity and understanding of what baseball was like. For this year, two years ago, we didn't have those opportunities. We had a reduced season and, and no fans. So it was really hard for those guys psychologically and emotionally to understand what the game was going to require. Right. So recruiting is a huge impact. Experience, you can't replace that. We can't replicate that. And then we, we made a few changes in how we held runners. So we, we made a few changes in how we held runners at first base. Just the frequency in which we pick felt like base stealing was causing more anxiety to the guys. Um, and so we, we just kind of changed the frequency in which we picked the first base. And then we, we actually, I told the guys, we, we stole how Iowa held runners at second base, which in, where we come set looking at the runner, or actually at the defender that's holding second base shortstop at second base, and then instead of coming set looking at the catcher. So again, to relieve kind of the anxiety of like, what's the base runner doing behind us so we can just focus on the task at hand. So try to simplify those things for the pitchers, um, really work to uh, diversify the, the array, uh, not necessarily just a big breaking ball, which we have good big breaking balls. We had those last year as well. Uh, more sinkers, cutters, splitters. We have two or three different guys with splitters. Um, things to just hide the fastball, things to hide the fastball a little bit more, try to create some more weak contact. So we went from allowing, I think, the most stolen bases to, to the least stolen bases. That's been a huge key to that. Um, and then and then the, the anxiety that comes along with, with uh, kind of the stolen bases of not having to fear that as much. So I think culmination of all those different things, Coach Clant Coach was a great pitching coach last year. He's a great pitching coach this year. Um, and, and he's going to continue to learn and grow just like I am. But Denton Sagerman has been instrumental in, in just the data collection and understanding how, how it applies. A lot of our shifting goes through, a lot of our sky report goes through Denton, um, and he's been terrific in, in applying that stuff in real time. If you look at over the course of the weekends, and hopefully this weekend is similar, but we've, we've done a great job of getting better over the course of the weekends at, at mitigating and limiting runs scored, and, and especially big innings. A lot of that has to do with shifts and how we can learn and grow the course of the weekend. And Dustin, you know, you come in every morning, he's in at 7 o'clock every morning going to scouting reports and studying and watching film. And, um, and, and making sure that we're ready to execute a plan and then Denton's right there with them. So I think combination of probably those six or eight things. But the big, the biggest thing is you, you can call the right pitches. You can call the picks to first. You can do all those things. 
if the guys aren't prepared and capable of handling the emotion of the moment. That's the biggest thing. You, you just got to be able to go out and execute in the moment. You know, I call a fastball inside, and I throw a fastball, you know, up and over the middle. It's a three-run homer. It's the right pitch call. Didn't didn't execute it, and so it looks terrible. But it was the right pitch call. So you, you know, that's why it's so important that you play a hard early season schedule. It's important that you play true road games. It's important that you you get your butt kicked. You, you got getting beat by East Carolina, seventeen to four on a Friday with a fast track, the wind blowing out 100 miles an hour in front of 5,000 people is a great thing. It looks like hell, sorry, it looks like hell, but it's like <laughs> you, you're able to play, you're able to go and play with Louisville and you beat Louisville because you went and played East Carolina, right? So all those things are, it's all it's all relative. And then you know, the big thing is you just start stacking up recruiting classes year after year. And like Braden Reisdorf's just really talented. Connor Foley was 94 to 97 yesterday. He's just really talented. Ethan Phillips is really talented. Those guys are, Luke Sennard's really talented. So that that helps when you start to get those classes on. And I think the last thing I would say is we lost our entire pitching rotation to the draft three consecutive years. And two years was four pitchers, one year was five pitchers. Like, it's just hard to sustain that consistently without ever having the, the bump in the road. So I know it's a long-winded answer, but I would say those are my thoughts. At, at the Big Ten tournament last year, you talked a little bit about how Maryland had kind of an unusual hot zone compared to most other teams. Is that still the case this year, and what are you doing to kind of prepare for it? Yeah, we, we're, it's actually why we haven't really necessarily made a decision on the, the starter. Yeah, they're, they're, I don't want to divulge too much either, but yeah, I, I, feel, I feel fine about now. They're super offensive, and they're really talented, and they're data-driven as well. So they know what I know, and... and just like I know what everybody else knows about us. So, um, but yeah, it, they, they do like they're, they're going to handle, they're going to handle pitches, you know, and their zones are going to try to get them up and hit them out of here. Right. And so, you know, obviously the way that <laughs> the way the turf plays has a lot to do determining with who pitches when and who does what, and the weather is going to be a really big part of that because we've done a really good job. I'm really proud of how our pitchers have managed but we also have to put them in positions to be successful. Brooks High did a good job last week, and the turf didn't necessarily cooperate. So you got a sinker baller throwing on wet turf, and we look like we'd never played defense before. That's not necessarily Brooks's fault. That's not necessarily the infielder's fault. You just have the ball at hydro playing and skipping and like a gyro ball. Then you begin Ryan Craft and the same thing. So we want to make sure that we don't put Brooks in those situations. And I know I'm dodging your question, Terry. Right, that's fine. But, <laughs> Um, but yes, I, I do feel fine about where we're at now. Whether we execute or we don't execute, um, that will be all determination. Because if you can hit your spots, if you can do what you need to do, and you can line them up, we sh- we should be able to mitigate. If we don't, they're going to clobber ten homers, and it's just really about execution. But we should have the stuff to be able to to compete. We should be lined up, right? We, you know, you have Phillips back up, you have Reisdorf back up, you have Foley. Foley should be back certainly for Saturday. We should have Yoho back, Kraft, and then, you know, obviously Seti, um, Sonard, and uh, and Brooks. So you were kind of back where we, we somehow we survived that six-game stretch, and then ended up really back on target with where we wanted to be at, and, and went six and zero. So I know some of those games were were nail biters, and some of the scores got a little bit wonky, but we had to be back on track for for Friday, and we're back where we need to be. And I do feel good about our ability to, to our pitch plan anyway. I guess on the other side of that, offensively, Maryland's pitching staff statistically won't near the bottom of the conference. What do you see from their their staff that you could exploit as an offense? It's really just their their bullpen. 
and so their starters are good. The McCoy kid's been really good. Uh, Savakul, I mean, he's excellent. He was, uh, he'll, he'll be excellent. And the Dean kid had some form tightness, but he's been excellent too. He's been there, feels like forever. He's kicked our butt several times. So their starters are good, and they've got two really primary bullpen arms. And sometimes, you know, ERA is ERA can be very misleading because you can you can have a day where it's like you're just you're not on schedule, right? And you're going to punt that day, and you give up 17 runs in one day, and now all of a sudden you go, you know three runs, three runs, 17 runs, and your ERA is super inflated, but you threw really well, right? And that stuff happens. So you see ERA can be really inflated, um, and, and, and it's kind of just the way it goes. But their starters are good. The Savicole kid's going to sink it, throw a good changeup, slider, curveball, kind of whatever is working for him that day, but he's excellent. Uh, the Dean kid, kind of same thing, super pitchable, sinker, and can move it. The McCoy kid is, a, is a, like a first-round, projected first-round uh, pick in 25. Now he's a freshman, but... I mean, he's got really good stuff through well against UCF earlier in the year. Has had some control issues a little bit recently, but you know, anytime you got a six, six, three, six, four lefty that's low 90s with a breaking ball, like they can be on any day. So you got to manage it. And then they've got two really, really good bullpen arms that are top couple round picks. So, I mean, if they get a bunch of weak contact and roll over early in counts, talk about Tyler Cerny and some of those guys, like if we ambush and roll over the third baseman and you have four and five and six pitch innings, we're going to look up and it's the eighth inning and, and Savicole's still in the game and now you got a problem. You got a real problem. So we're going to have to get pitch counts up. If you're going to go early, you got to make sure you hit it hard somewhere. The wind's going to blow in on Friday. It's going to be an overcast day with the wind blowing in. So you would assume it's not going to be you know, cheap home runs and it'll be a low scoring game, hopefully, um, and then kind of find a way to, to, to win it. But you, you're going to have to get their pitch count up. You're going to have to get in the bullpen. You're going to have to hit with runners in scoring position. And with that, with the wind blowing in, you're going to have to rely on, you know, just multiple hits to score in, in, in multiples. And that's always hard against veteran pitching and um, especially as, as talented as they are across the field defensively. Well, Sonard, what do you like about him? What drew you to him initially? And kind of what have you seen from this year? What do you like? Uh, I think the first thing that attracted us to him, he was six foot nine, end up to 97. So it, was, it was a kind of a light <coughs> sight in that regard. Um, no, his track man profile was really good. So the pitch profiles, he had multiple um, uh, good to above average pitches, uh, kind of a movement plot chart. His ERA wasn't wasn't very good, so we, we knew we had a chance um, to kind of have a diamond in the rough a little bit. He had low walks, low walks and, and moderate strikeouts. He just used his fastball too much, so his fastball usage was really, really high. He's got a really good curveball cutter. It was good. He had kind of a development splitter at the time, but we really wanted to dive into splitters. So it was kind of... Him and Seti were two guys that we really liked just for the, just kind of looking at into the future. I think the splitter is kind of the next major pitch in baseball. Um, you got him on the phone and talked to him a little bit and spent time with him. And, and he really, they have to value what you provide. So recruiting is, is all fit. You can have a really talented kid and he doesn't value what you provide. It's a bad fit, right? It just, it's not going to work. I'm going to be a jerk. I can't believe this guy. You know, he's, he, he watches what we eat and, and making us go to the nutritionist. We have to go to the weight room all the time. And he's always on us about coming in early and staying late and working, right? So, and I can be the same guy to somebody else. And it's like, I love it. He cares about what we eat. I love the fact that he loves the weight room. He's always there early and late. He's always wanting to work with us. I love it. So it really is based on does, does, does the student athlete want what you provide? If he doesn't, then just stay away from him. It doesn't matter how talented he is. But Luke was really talented, and he really wanted coach. That was a main priority to him. Um, and so he had a good feeling that he could get better really quickly with just make, changing some pitch usages and, and getting his body in a little better shape. 
um, and then just a little bit of experience. So and he's done that. He's taken off. Uh, he's he's got a great personality. He's a lot of fun. I give him a hard time. We kind of spar back and forth. So I, I do enjoy that part. But he's very competitive. When he's when he's right and he's locked in and he's still young. You know, you have to remember he's a sophomore. So first time starter, sophomore. Um, you know, that's asking a lot of the guys. So he, he's very competitive and, and, and he can feel the emotion. He's better under duress. You know, and, and you look at all the, all the great pitchers you've watched, those guys are better under duress. When there's a guy on second base, they're better. When there's a guy in scoring position, they're better. And, uh, and he, he has that quality where he's tougher to hit when there's guys on base than when there's not. Maryland as a program as a whole hasn't lost the Big Ten series now in over two years. What do you kind of see that leads to their consistency? Great recruiting. I mean, they had back-to-back back, back back top 25 classes, and those guys are now juniors and seniors and and so it's just you you have to Miller's done an awesome job of they're like two or three years ahead of where we were at from a from a recruiting just they, they were here first right and so from a recruiting standpoint you have back-to-back top 25 classes you get those guys in you play them early they grow up and ta-da like good things happen and and on top of it they, they're really good coaches they're they're technology driven they're data driven they're player development driven you watch how they manage the game, and in a lot of ways, you're you're looking at um, what the future of college baseball is, right? It's it's terrific player development coupled with really good recruiting, and you allow yourself to sustain over a long period of time. Uh, but you're not you're not destroyed by the draft on an annual basis because they're going they'll get hammered by the draft this year. They're going to be hammered by the draft, which is good for them. They've earned that, right? Um, but they'll be good again next year. Just like they lost some guys to the draft last year, they'll be and they're good again this year. So when you see long-term sustained success like that, such a high level, it, it, 99% of the time will go back to a basis in recruiting. You can usually see, you know, two or three top 25 classes in there, um, and then you've got guys that can that can develop players, off, you know, off the field and allow them to perform on the field, and they do a good job managing the games as well. You've got five guys right now with double-digit hit streaks. Have you seen an extra focus and consistency out of your lineup recently? Well, I mean, the big thing was we faced really good pitching there for about a week, every day. I mean, we got whooped. And uh, and you kind of knew once you see really good pitching like that, your, your eyes get a little bit, they just get adjusted. And you usually kind of see an uptick in offensive production after that. And so I would say that's kind of the biggest thing is you get your butt kicked a little bit, you're a little bit embarrassed, you come in a little bit earlier, you stay a little bit later, you're more, you're watching your videos. So you, when you get, when you get, and again, we were winning games during that stretch when we weren't scoring many runs. When you get beat like that or, or, or you don't have success, it usually kind of hardens you and, and shapes you a little bit. And then you go out and have more success there afterwards. So I would say that, that a little bit of lack of production set us up for the more, more recent success. And, and the guy's done a great job. I, you know, I feel like we're in a in a good spot offensively, about as good as we could be, considering you know with, with Ellis being out, with AJ Shepard being out, we're about. I'd like to get one more guy. We need to get one more, one more. Probably get to the eight hole, and then Pete's always really beautiful and does a good job at the bottom. Um, but we need to get to the eight hole, whoever that's going to be. He needs to give us more something. We need to get on base from it. We need to get in some offense from it. We need to get something from the eight hole. And outside of that, I feel like we're in a really good spot. Jeff, uh, you're starting to see the fruits of your success. I mean, you're named as a, as a potential regional host. You're projected as such today by U1 Baseball. 
How does the clubhouse, what's the personality of the clubhouse and how they handle this? What Are they business-like, kind of loose, kind of combination of both? How, how do they deal with that? Mm. Yeah, they've talked, we've talked about it. You know, I, I've, because it's the first time this group has experienced it and kind of gone through it, you know, some of the publications have your ranked. Well, you know, some of them have you as a, as a regional host. And so at, when it's the first time that you're going through it, I, I think it's kind of important to discuss it, what it means, um, what the rankings, how they operate. And, because if not, you leave them a little bit more to their own devices. And sometimes that's not always a good thing. So we have discussed it a little bit. I try not to have it be the main like the main conversation piece throughout the day. And we'll have a conversation tomorrow, we'll have a team meeting and we'll talk about what all it means and, and, and how easy it is for teams to get ahead of themselves. We, we have a month, we have a long way to go. And at the same time as a coach, you, you, can't, you can't pull it away from them either because they deserve that. They, they've, they've done such a good job. We're 14 and two, I looked at last night, we're 14 and two in games decided by two runs or less. Unless my math is off, which it could be, but it's somewhere very close to that. They've done such an awesome job of finding ways to win games late. They've been so tough. They've been resilient, and so I want them to to be proud of themselves. But you also have to. We have to also understand that there's nothing that's a guarantee. I mean, there's no guarantee you make the the Big Ten tournament. There's no guarantee that you make if we go if you play really poorly. I mean, everybody gets bunched up, and 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 first to worst is separated by not nearly as much as would. Uh, you would imagine. So we, we just have to stay on target, stay on track. But for a day or two, you try to let them enjoy it and talk about it and have fun, and as they should, as they should. And then we'll kind of talk about tomorrow, just tightening up the ship a little bit and getting ready for this weekend and kind of moving forward with kind of the same game plan. I always tell them the same thing. I don't care if we win or lose, and I really don't. I, I'm okay either way. As long as we're prepared, as long as we're focused, our mindset's the right place, and we go out and we play as, as fundamentally as we can and play as well as we can, I can live with either one. And so I think having that constant every day, from the first day of the fall to a win or loss, I have to be the same, coaches have to be the same, and I think that really helps to put the player's mind at ease and, and, and not get ahead of yourself and just go play well on Friday. Take two more. You've talked about guys uh, in the clubhouse being vocal leaders. Yeah. Uh, what have you heard either in passing or in those one-on-one -on -one conversations of what your players are saying about this Maryland series? Uh, I mean, they're fired up. They're fired up. They, they, they're, they're excited. You know, we kind of blocked it off where we were on the bye week where you have those six, that six game stretch, right? And you just have to be focused because it's really easy to say, all right, you look forward to Maryland and, and you're, you kind of lift your head up. And so I was really adamant about just being where your feet are at and get through that six game stretch and be focused because you can stub your toe in the middle of that just as easy as anything else. And so right after the game, like we're doing our post game meeting and we're breaking it down. And, and right before that, you know, one of the, one of the upperclassmen was like, you know, starts talking about Maryland. It's like, okay, good job, break it down. And, and so they're, they're ready just as quickly as they can they did such a good job staying focused. We didn't want to talk about Maryland or anything during that six game stretch, but as soon as it was over with and my final comments were made, they were ready to turn their attention to Maryland. So they're excited, they're fired up as they should be. They're just deserving so. Um, but they're old enough now where they've all been, they've been kind of through the battles. I, I think what's exciting for them is they feel, they feel like they can compete, right? It's, it's not like, um, you know, last year when we played against them and we beat them, we knew we could compete, but it was a, such a it was a perceived such an upset to, to play with them and the extras in the first game, and then you beat them in the second game. I think the guys are excited because they know they can compete and win and um, and have success.
Now, whether you do or you don't, that's the fun of playing the games, but at least they, they can go into being confident that we can compete. You guys have dropped the last three Big Ten series openers. Is there anything different you want to do in terms of both hitting a team's ace and managing the pitching staff? No. Um, try not to lose it. <laughs> try not to lose it. No, I don't. Um, sometimes it's the way it goes. I don't I don't have a, you know, you just do, you just do the best that you can. The thing for us is like, without without moving the rotation around. Now, what helps is is Reisdorf growing up and Phillips growing up and Foley growing up. Like that helps a ton because you can eventually do something else, right? You can eventually move some guys around, or you can get somebody in there in the third or fourth inning and, and try to uh, stem the tide a little bit. You can do some things differently. So I think that would be the biggest thing that you can do. Um, is, is you're going to have to win three to two. You're going to have to win four to two. It's just typically not going to be, uh, you're not going to score seven or eight runs on a, on a Friday night. So that would be the biggest thing that we can do is we just had to grow up. You have to grow up. Um, and, and then you, you got to get guys in there that can help you to, to stop, to kind of stop the, the two, three, four run inning and kind of find a way to, to, to win it. But I don't know that there's a whole lot that we do differently outside of grow up um, from an offensive standpoint. We've, we've, we faced some good ones. They've done a really good job. You know, Brody Brecht at Iowa was about as good as it gets. And they they uh, they started uh, at Penn State. They threw their Friday and Sunday guy. They stacked them on that on that game. And then we had a lead into the eighth inning uh, against Illinois. And I didn't think we played very well, to be honest with you. The first two games at Illinois, and I told them that. And I wasn't very happy about it. And we played really well the third game. Um, but we had a lead into the eighth inning. So it's just Friday nights are tough. And we have to do a little bit better job. Um, just managing those games. But I really think as guys have grown up, I think I have a shot to do that. Thank you for listening. See you at the BART.